When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hill going to come back to the near side. Pick six. Let's see that cut out of the way. Jack Jones. Make it to Hunter. Lofted towards the end zone. Hello and welcome back to Pacific Point of View. I'm Tyler Budge. I'm Hayden Weber. And I'm Colt Almodova. And together we are the Pacific Point of View. Uh, another off-season episode. Got some exciting stuff cooking up uh, for this one. Uh, some mystery trivia. You guys are both blind going on to it. So it's, it's going to be exciting. Any guesses at what, what the subject will be? No clue. Um... St. Patrick's Days? Oh, okay. that's a horrible guess. Anyways, <laughs> let's talk about what surprised us from the last week. You surprised? <laughs> surprised, Eddie? <laughs> if I woke up tomorrow with my head sewn to the carpet, I wouldn't be more surprised than I am right now. Well, already off to a better start. Uh, didn't uh, leave one of the mics off for the first three minutes of the True. show. But, uh, Cole, let's start in your corner. What surprised you? You know, I wasn't surprised. I want to be surprised by the Mountain West, okay? I, I want a schedule to drop. And I also want them to surprise me with a backup plan for when San Diego State and maybe Fresno and Boise State leave for other conferences. Yeah, there's a lot of buzz going on about that. A lot of Mountain West teams that could be poached. I haven't really heard Hawaii uh, mentioned. I have not heard them at all. Maybe the WAC wants us. Uh, That's not a conference anymore. In uh, FCS it is. So if you guys want to go down, if you guys want to do what Idaho did, There's no maybe. shame. Idaho did. Yeah. Do Weirdly enough, Idaho will be uh, talked about later in the show. All right. My surprise. <laughs> you didn't sound very excited. Yeah, about yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey. Idaho. Hey, I, actually, I, actually, I actually know someone who, well, I don't know him well, but I know of someone. Okay. I kind of know someone who, who okay. plays at Idaho. You know so. a guy who knows a guy. Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> That's heard of the state of Idaho. Yes. So exactly. So cousin in Hawaii. It's my cousin's friend, actually, who plays for Idaho. Wow. Um, oh, it actually was. Okay. <laughs> my surprise is ASU beat number four Utah in gymnastics this week. Ooh, it's pretty cool. Um, you know, who's your I, favorite ASU gymnastics player? You know, I I don't know. So many to choose from. Uh, not sure, but still really cool nonetheless. Obviously, Utah's a powerhouse. They've got a bunch of Olympians on that team. Yeah. Really cool way to close out the season. Yeah, that's that's pretty that's pretty neat. It didn't catch that one, but uh, uh, I'm <laughs> I'm not surprised in our surprises this week. Uh, one of our roommates, he shall remain nameless. It's not Cole. Ate he defrosted some of my chicken from the freezer, and ate, ate some of it. 
Okay. <laughs> yeah, was, I don't know why. I don't know why he did it. It was ridiculous. Anyways. It's Chicken Gate. Yeah. There was I, a previous Mac and Cheese Gate. Where my, my mac and cheese was, was eaten, but this time it was the chicken. So he took my chicken, which just feels like a violation. Chipotle sauce gate. Anyways, there's there's some college roommate uh, drama, you know, for whoever was looking for that. Um, let's talk about Wheaties. Oh, wait. Actually, not <laughs> That's yet. a separate <laughs> podcast. <laughs> this is actually not Pacific Point of View. This is Pacific Drama View. Let's just play the Wheaties clip. get your whole grain. <laughs> I bet eat my Wheaties. All right, what's the best thing you ate this week, Hayden? <laughs> Man, that's tough. I love Costco food, anything that comes from Costco. Pizza, pre-made mac and cheese, croissants, you name it. Made a Costco run. You really can't go wrong no matter what you get there. So anything I had from Costco this week. So it's inc- it, yeah. go ahead. Oh, sorry. All the it's incredible how the, your perspective on life changes after that grocery run. Like everything yep. just feels better in that first like three days after the grocery run. Uh, mine was steak from Costco. I made steak at home. was very good. But I'm actually just more interested to hear, like, what you have to say because there wasn't a lot of food left for you no. when you checked the fridge the other day. Yeah, you know, I had a simple bowl of chicken and rice, all right? Oh, I so had, there was some chicken I left. I did. There was some chicken left. And uh, I bought my own spicy mayo rather than stealing Gannon's. And uh, <laughs> a lot of food stealing going on in our apartment right Sounds now. Sounds like we already ruled out two roommates. Uh, yeah, yeah, we may have. We Is may this have. roommate maybe listening right now or not a chance? Um, he works at Cold Beard Cheeseburgers. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, he's, there's no way he's on this, but uh, it's okay. I already accused him to his face, but... Uh, it's that's a whole separate that's a whole separate issue. Anyway, our ratings are gonna go through the roof the, now with this story. The spicy mayo was delicious, and it added a nice a nice kick to just some simple chicken and rice. So I enjoyed it. Anyways, Cole, what was the worst thing you ate this week? I'm gonna go with Greek yogurt without Ugh. granola or like some sort of fruit in there. If you just have plain Greek yogurt, why it's did tough. you? Why? Why'd you do that to yourself? You know, I just kind of wanted to get something in me. I didn't want to go through the process of putting you know cutting some bananas in there. It was a mistake. It's yeah. just not good. It's bitter. It's kind of bland. Ugh. You know, Colt, I, I put nothing stands out for Fruit Loops, but we're always on the same page when it comes to Fruit Loops. Greek yogurt. But for really? mine, it was like wow. a Greek yogurt drink. It was like strawberry, Ugh. banana. It just wasn't very good. It, it, it was too bitter and too many clashing flavors, and it just wasn't, wasn't really my thing. Yeah, um, I ate some cereal too fast. You know you eat cereal too huh? fast and you get the hiccups. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, that happened to me yesterday, just or two days ago maybe. It wasn't very pleasant, so it wasn't exactly the the food itself, but it was the the result of me eating the food too fast. It was, it was terrible. Anyways, Cole, why don't you uh, slap on those headphones over there and we're okay, gonna reveal well. what the secret trivia topic of the day is. Okay, Hayden, guys, Hayden has been absolutely destroying Colt in trivia lately. Yeah, so we're gonna go to Colt's oh, powerhouse. Oh, it is Hawaiian. Trivia. If you're watching this alive, you can't hear the glorious Hawaiian hula music. I, I might be. <laughs> um, let's get to it. Let's get to it. Let's put a pause in all the I might all get the music from now. The state. <laughs> what the heck what was that? Was Colt? that? <laughs> Colt's Apple Watch just went rogue. The AI is taking over. Anyways, let's do Hawaii trivia. Okay. Mainly Hawaii football. Pretty much all Hawaii football. Oh, just gosh. to keep it on brand, right? <clears throat> but I honestly think these are these are obscure enough that Hayden could have a realistic chance here. Uh, okay. How many games did Todd Graham coach at Hawaii? Ooh.
This is going to be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can make it multiple choice, but you guys have to both agree to do multiple choice. It's cool. I've got a number. I got a number as well. Okay. All right. Three, two, one. 21. Wow. 21 and 23. It was 22. No way. You guys both on either side. So 22, both over one, but that's okay. That was a tough one. How many bowl victories in Hawaii football history were against a team with Cougar for their mascot? So how many bowl wins were against uh, the opposing team's mascot was a cougar? Yes. Okay. Actually, I, um, it, victories isn't confirmed. I would just say bowl games. Oh, bowl appearances. Yeah, let's just okay. say that. Like, bowl ga- I, I can't remember if the third one was a win or not. But how many bowl games for Hawaii were against a team with a cougar for a mascot? Wait, hold on. <laughs> you heard that, yeah. right? Uh, <laughs> I don't know if the third one was a win or not. Uh, okay, let's let's just count them. Let's count them in. Uh, three, two, one. Three. Yeah. Okay. I, I I messed up. I messed up. Uh, but but you guys are both correct. So you both got one point on the board. That probably benefits Hayden more than anyone here because you know Colts true, got the, the home field advantage. More. You know, if Hawaii would have played against um, what was it Memphis in the easy post Hawaii Bowl yeah. instead of giving getting like COVID or whatever, that would have been twenty three, and I would have had that right. That's true. That's true. Oh. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well. Because yeah. they were 6-7 and seven right, that year, right? Exactly. So, big asterisk next to, to Colts, only one point. But that's it for the first batch of questions. Let's get to the big picture. It's a question in college football that we ask all the time. And, you know, we college football is still 185 days away. I did the math today. That's not horrible. Not terrible, but still a substantial distance. So, we've got we've to talk about some stuff. Let's talk about some of the quote-unquote premier programs in college football you ask every year are they back let's start with miami are they back and if not will they ever be back they're not back right now that's that's for sure will they ever be back yes they're recruiting well mario cristobal is competent yeah he's going to establish a good staff he's always going to bring in good classes the key is they're in a winnable conference right they're in the acc uh, there's no doubt that they should at least be top three in that conference every year, right there with Clemson and Florida State. So I think their path is a lot easier than some of the other teams that might be on this list just because they play in a wide-open conference. Yeah, they're on the come-up, so yes, they will be back in the future. That NIL and the money that they have coming into that program is going to elevate them to the being back. Yes, okay. Um, I have a bit of a hot take here. I, I don't know if they will be back. And I say that because some of the main factors, and it's one of the ones you brought up, they're conference, right? They're in a weak conference. Will they? How much longer will they be? What happens if the uh, SEC snags in Miami or, or the Big Ten? And also just the competition in the state of Florida. It almost, it feels like it almost inhibits Miami more than it helps them because they have, they've got to battle Florida, they got to battle Florida State, they got to battle Bama, who comes into their state, and Texas, and Central Florida and, now. Yeah, now Central Florida is going to be Power Five. Mm-hmm. So I just think I don't know. I don't know. I I won't. I'm not gonna go as far as to say they can't be back, but I also won't say that they will be back. But I mean, Cristobal, we'll see. We'll see what he does. Uh, we've got the Texas Longhorns. Hook 'em horns. They're not quite back yet, but just like Miami, they they will be back. I think because they're joining the SEC. Yes. That only stands to benefit them because I think they're gonna leapfrog Texas A&M for the right to the premier talent in the Lone Star State. So. 
I'm going to say, yeah, I think easy Texas will be back. Because remember, when Texas A&M joined the SEC, they immediately improved with yeah, Manziel. They and boost. They were beating Bama. So I think Texas is in real good shape. I'm going to go, yes, they're already back. I think getting Arch whoa, Manning whoa, 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 whoa. is already <laughs> okay. a sign oh, okay. that you can land top-tier, big-name talent that might have gone to Bama or Georgia in the past. It's going to Texas. The recruiting is going to be elevated. Going to the the SEC is going to be elevated. Texas is back, folks. No, that's like, that's valid logic that they're back in the sense that the the things are happening that happen to contenders right. to Texas. Yeah, the star power is still there. They just have to find the right coach. We'll see if Sark is the right coach probably this year. Nebraska, Nebraska football. Will they be back ever? Ab- absolutely not. Ah. Just guys, <laughs> I didn't realize how long Nebraska has been bad for. They haven't been to a bowl game since 2016. Haven't had a winning season since 2016. Mike Riley, though. We were 15 years old. I mean, what what in the world? Uh, That's just the thing. They've been bad for too long. They have no momentum whatsoever. They did bring in a really good head coach, but it is a full-on rebuild. Matt Rule is not going to walk in and have a bunch of success. The recruiting's been subpar. They're playing in a stacked conference. I just don't see it. The other thing, too, is Matt Rule, like, his ceiling, he peaked with, what was it, a Big 12 title game appearance? Or did he win a Big 12 title? I don't think so. Not even? Like, he peaked with, like, a solid BCS Bowl season or mm-hmm. New Year's yeah. Six Bowl? Like, I think the ceiling with Matt Rule even is just, like, especially at Nebraska. I, I just feel like the climate that existed for Nebraska to be a blue blood or at least a great team it doesn't really exist anymore. I think this is the people's program over there. I mean, the only thing keeping this program alive is that there's nothing to do in Nebraska, and that <laughs> fan base is so passionate. Because other than that, it's old. It's not a market that kids want to go to. And like you mentioned, Matt Rule is not going to bring kids to Nebraska. If they get Nick Saban, then maybe. True. But until then, no. Okay. Uh, we've got another team in the Midwest, uh, the Michigan Wolverines. I mean, they're they're back right now. They're competing for national championships they're in their prime under Harbaugh. I think this is the pinnacle of where they're going to get, though. I don't think they're going to be a Georgia or an Alabama where they're not only getting to the playoffs, but they're consistently winning it. But I think this is good. And if you're a Michigan fan, you'll take this. You beat Ohio State the last two years. You're going to you're the consensus favorite in the Big Ten heading into next season. They got to be happy with with where they're at. And so I'd say they're back right now. Yeah, okay. I think this is as high as it gets for Michigan, but. As long as college football is around, Michigan football will be around. Too much pride, too much tradition. Yeah, I agree. The tradition, they, when you talk about Blue Bloods, Michigan has never left off that list. And they have the, the aura that Nebraska lacks. They still have that. And it, I'm not talking about aura? not talking about the 18 and up nightclub in Tempe. <laughs> I'm talking about... Um, I, but my thing about them currently, I almost am tempted to not say they're quite back yet. Just because they haven't, like, they've been... Washed out of the playoffs, both of them. But mm-hmm. I guess they've still been making it. They've Ohio State a couple won times. a couple Big Ten titles. Pretty impressive. Uh, Minnesota. They last team to three feet. <laughs> no. Yeah. As much as PJ Fleck has turned that program around, I mean, Minnesota's been so underrated the last few years. They've been consistently really good. PJ Fleck has has you know got his hands all over that program, and and they're in good shape. But no, they're yeah. they're nowhere near. Yeah. That For those level. reasons, and also they don't have the financial help either. I don't see Minnesota becoming an NIL juggernaut, so I'm going to say no. Yeah, I agree. I think Minnesota, 
is is just in that tier with Iowa and Nebraska, where it's like you can you can be good, you can have underrated seasons, but there's just not a climate that exists yeah. to make them. And it's too late to have history. Like Michigan's like ge- geographically pretty close to Minnesota and relatively close to Nebraska, but they already have the history ingrained. Like these programs, just it's too late. Even though Minnesota was the last team to three-peat, just saying. Uh, Notre Dame, the Fighting Irish. Hmm. No, because not being in a conference limits their upside. If they join a conference, and I know we might talk about this later, if they join a conference, that could change. Uh, Just because I think kids, when they commit to a school, a big part of it is what conference they're going to, right? Yeah. It, the teams you're going to play consistently. Obviously, with Notre Dame, you get a few teams you play every year. You get USC, you get Stanford. I might be missing one. You think Navy, usually they play. Yeah. But yeah. there's just not a lot of consistency there. And they re- there's such a national recruiting program. They, they, don't, you know, they don't only get kids from their, their footprint. I, I don't know. I just don't think they'll ever be back to winning, you know, three straight national titles, ripping off 12 and 0 season after 12 and 0 season. Yeah. Uh, that's not to say I don't think they could have a 12 and 0 year. They've done it recently. They've been in the playoffs what two times under yeah, the current format. Which is impressive so, as an independent. Absolutely. And I think they're going to be really good next year. So that no could easily change to a yes. I'm just leaning no. Notre Dame just like Michigan, as long as there's football around, Notre Dame will be in that picture. However, I think they've already peaked. I mean, there's not going to be another Rudy movie that's going to come out based on the stories <laughs> uh, of what happens in the next 20 years about Notre Dame. Yeah. I think they've peaked. Yeah. Um, I would agree. I, it's difficult for me because I've, Notre Dame has never exited the national picture, I feel like. They, they never exited it in the way that, like, we've seen Miami exit the national picture. Michigan under Brady Hoke in those down years. Texas has been out of the national picture for, like, since, like, 2010. So I feel like it's for me it's tricky with Notre Dame. I think that not being in a conference has hindered them because they have to have a crazy undefeated season. But think about it, Notre Dame is they they maybe had one like weird four loss year under Kelly, but they've been in that national picture every single year at least like you know their foot in the door. But we'll see what Marcus Freeman and they rebound rebound quickly from bad years because yeah. they've had down years they had went 4 and 8 when they had Brandon Wimbush at quarterback I think and oh that was the one I was thinking okay, they were yes. terrible they, they that year they had one like horrific year but honest as far as like blue bloods go Notre Dame is like among the most consistently great yeah other than Alabama obviously but i mean they probably maybe not because of that 4 and 8 year but they might have a similar record to Georgia over the last, like, 10 years. I put them right there with Oklahoma, with that consistency. Maybe even a little bit... I think the highs have been higher, but the lows have been lower than Oklahoma under, like, Stoops and the early years of Riley. That's fair. I think that 17 Oklahoma team with Baker that lost in overtime to Georgia, that team was capable of winning Natty. So sad. Uh, Next up, we have USC. No. I think going to the Big Ten actually hurts them. Ah, Uh, I I think they'll kind of be right on par with like a Penn State 9 and 3, 10 and 2. I just don't think they're going to get back to the the Pete Carroll, Reggie Bush glory days where they're not only 12 and 0, 13 and 0 winning national championships and beating everybody by three touchdowns. Yeah. You know, I just I don't see it. And as long as Lincoln Riley's the head coach, there is going to be a ceiling there. Lincoln Riley's proven that he's a consistent 10-win coach and you're going to see explosive offense, but the defense is always a little shaky. 
And it seems like once he gets to play the big boys at the end of the season, there's usually an answer for whatever he's got up his sleeve. So yeah, USC's going to be good. I don't think they'll ever, maybe not ever, but I, I don't think they're going to be as bad as they were under um, Clay Helton in the Big Ten. But I, I don't. I don't think they'll be back to 12 and 0 anytime USC soon. USC will never reach that echelon of success that they had in the early 2000s. I mean, you're not going to have Snoop Dogg showing up to practice uh, right now. They're yeah. just going to be one of the teams, not the team in college football. No, that's that's completely valid. I I think with you, I think Lincoln Riley is a head coach that is capable of winning a national title, and I think there's a good chance he does at some point in his career. Like he's still pretty young, a pretty young head coach. Like he'll figure out defense eventually. Uh, but I just had a disgusting thought, and it's not what you think. Uh, USC, huh. <laughs> picture, picture this, picture this. USC versus Oregon in the Rose Bowl. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's a thing nuts. that could happen. Or USC versus Utah in the Rose Bowl. So the Pac-12 championship. <laughs> yes, that could happen with them in the Big Ten. I just realized that. That's absolutely disgusting. I don't like that. Cole, put on your headphones in disgust. Oh. Ugh. <laughs> Welcome back, guys. Some calming blue music for you guys. I'm no longer in disgust. Cold now feels back at home. Oh. Anyways, enough with that. Um, let's talk about some Hawaii trivia, part two. Okay. Uh, might as well be called Hawaii football trivia, but I, I just didn't want to write more than one word, I guess. Okay, how many times in okay. school history has Hawaii ended the season in the AP Top 25? <laughs> I've got I've got a number. Okay. Three, two, one. Four. Seven. Four, and you said seven? Yeah. Uh the correct answer is zero. I'm just kidding. It's two. They have ended twice as uh in the AP top twenty five. One was two thousand seven, the other one was like ninety two or something like that. We didn't but... finish in the top twenty five in two thousand six either. Damn. No, no. Finished, ended the season. So um I'll bring up the exact years later. But it, it was two, wasn't zero. So that's pretty good. Um, <laughs> uh, and what was your guess, Hayden? Four. You said four. Okay. Kind of close. Um, you're both still at one point. Uh, in what year did Hawaii join the Mountain West? Colt seems like he has an answer. Hayden, thinking. I, I got it. Okay. Three, two, one. 2011. 11 and 12. Colt gets it. And Colt takes the lead two to one. In the Hawaii quiz, we've got a competitive one. I've got one, two, I've got three more questions and a grand finale. So Hayden still has a chance to make up the uh, the gap here, but Colt with an early lead in the Hawaii trivia. As game. I should, though. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I should be yeah. in the lead. This, this is a lose lose, really. Correct. You, but if you win, if it's. If I a... F this up, it's going to be bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, uh, Big Ten, uh, the, the focus I saw, though, that, that was unlike any focus I've seen. Correct. In the show. <laughs> Let's get to the Big Ten win totals. 247 Sports has graced us with the projected over-under win totals, which just gives us some sweet, sweet, glorious content for this offseason. Uh, let's start. We're going to go alphabetically as usual. We'll start with Illinois. Their win total is at 6. Isn't that eight. crazy? We're starting the alphabet with I. That's, That's always been weird that about is, the Big Ten. There's no A, B, C, D. I'm going to go even here with Illinois. I think they'll be good next year. They flew a little too close to the sun last year. Winnable schedule. Um, I don't know. I just I see this team being good, not great. I do see them getting back to a bowl game, but not much better than that. I'm going to go under six. I think there's going to be some L's on the road. Also, I think with Penn State, Wisconsin, and 
honestly, I think they're going to lose to Toledo. So that's going to keep the them Toledo? Minded. Yep. There's going to be some So whackery. would you say they lose to Kansas too? Uh, yeah, on the road. Wow. So, so they mean, start 0-3. Yeah. Dang. Was, was wow. that, that would be brutal, especially after, what, a 7-1 start they had this last year? Um, losing their defensive coordinator, Ryan Walters, hurts. We'll talk about him later because he's in this conference coaching oh, wow. Purdue now. Um, I'm going to say even because I just can't pick a Brett Bielema team to miss a bowl game. I believe in that man too much. Mm. And I, I just buy into them making a bowl, but I don't buy into them winning the West. So taking even very much feels comfortable for me. Indiana at four. This feels just about right for them. And this is assuming they pull off an upset. I'm going to say even, but leaning under. They've got easy wins against Indiana State and Akron. You figure maybe they beat Rutgers at home. Other than that, they're going to be underdogs in just about every other game. Yep. Projected to finish basically right at the bottom of the conference with Northwestern. So if they don't pull an upset over, I have them beating Michigan State in the uh, at the end of the season final home game. But if that doesn't happen under, and that probably does it for Tom Allen's tenure at Indiana. Yeah. yeah. I'm going back and forth. I'm going to go even at the four. The wins versus Rutgers, Indiana State, Akron. They still one more. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I, I feel like they will still one more, but I'm still going to take the under, actually. I don't know. I just don't trust Indiana. I like Tom Allen as a coach, but I just don't see the wins on their schedule. I just don't. I see those three that you talk about, but then what happens if they slip up in one of those? Like, it's just like, ooh, I don't know. The, the Phoenix magic is completely gone from this team. Indiana is the 12th worst team in the Big 12, they're, they're Big 10. The only teams I have below them are Northwestern and Rutgers, potentially. Um, Iowa at 8. Another I, Again, I'm going to go even, 3-for-3 three three here. Cade McNamara, good quarterback, don't know if he's good enough to fix. It's weird, a quarterback fixing the offensive coordinator. You don't hear that very often. I don't think yeah. he's, <laughs> he's good enough to make uh, Brian Ferentz look good, but we obviously know with Iowa, they've got that insane defense. They're returning a bunch of guys from that defense. So they very well could go over. I have them losing to Iowa State, Penn State, Wisconsin. Those are all road games. And then I actually have them lo- losing a really fluky game to Northwestern at Wrigley Field. Whoa, but whoa, even whoa. if they win that game, they have to go to Nebraska at the end of the year. You know, they get Illinois as well, Purdue, Michigan State. So I think there's an extra loss in there. But I think, uh, you know, I'm going to lean over here, but I'm going to say even, actually. I'm just going to go with even. I'm going under eight. I think the road schedule of Penn State, Michigan State, Wisconsin, Iowa State, and Nebraska, I think that's five probably guaranteed losses. Those are tough places to play. I'll tell you what, the, the privilege of Iowa fans, your offense is as horrendous as it is. And what you're worried about is, ah, can we win the division this year? You're not even worried. You're making a bowl game. I, I just think, like, I'm thinking even and I'm leaning over. I just look at their schedule. It's so soft. Yeah. Penn State, Wisconsin are the two big ones. And then outside of that, it's like, my goodness, who do they play this year? Yeah, obviously, you've got, like, some stingy teams in your own division in, in Purdue. And you've got, you've got the, uh, like, Minnesotas of the world. But I don't know. I, I'm leaning towards over just because of how ridiculously elite their defense has been. Um, Bill Connolly's SP Plus ratings, they have the number one ranked defense in the country going into next year. Versus Georgia. Georgia's two. So, pretty unbelievable stuff. Um, let's go with Maryland, who's at seven and a half. I'm going to go with a confident over here. Maryland's going to surprise some people. I only have them going eight and four, so just a little bit over that mark. 
but their offense has the potential to be top five in the Big Ten. You got Talia coming back. Obviously, he's got excellent playmaking ability. They brought in Tyrese Chambers from FIU, the wide receiver who had a legendary career uh, with the Panthers. And um, that could be, I mean, you're looking at a great quarterback wide receiver duo there. And their defense returns a bunch of guys as well. Not to mention, they could easily, very easily go, let's see, four and one to start the season. Towson, Charlotte, Virginia. That's a soft start to the schedule. And it gets tougher down the stretch, but I really think the Terps are going to surprise some people this year. Yeah, Talia's been in this offense for a while now. They're going to figure it out. Over 7.5, they're going to start off 5-2, and two, and they'll steal one versus Penn State or Michigan in there too. Wow. Uh, I'm going to take over. This was actually one of the easiest overs for me to take. You could literally sell me on this team winning nine games this year just because the state of flux the rest of the conference is in, and Maryland just feels like they've got a lot of certainties. And they actually, if you look, they did really well in the portal. And then you, you couple that with a few just subtle but, but interesting moves, like the Kevin Sumlin move. You're like, you know what, there's there's actually might be something to this Talia guy that Colt's been talking about for yeah. years. Um, let's go to Michigan. They're at 11 even. Okay, so on paper, Michigan is easily the best team in the Big Ten should be right there behind Georgia in the in the polls to open the season. But I'm going to go under Whoa. because I just it's Michigan. And coming off of back-to-back Big Ten championships, they're going to have a target on their back. They're basically sure. the new Ohio State. Can they handle that? they got to prove it this year. I think they slip up to Penn State on the road, and I think Ohio State gets revenge because Ryan Day is going to probably be coaching for his job in that game. But – there's no doubt in my mind if things break right for Michigan, they can absolutely go 12-0. and 0. I'm just going to lean under. Yeah, I'm going under 11-2. I like that. He's coaching for his job, so Ohio State guaranteed loss right there, and then Talia's going to beat him, so there's two losses. <laughs> Picking over 11 seems outrageous. Just saying, like, undefeated, 12-0. So I'm just going to go even, even on 11. I think Harbaugh has proven that this team is built to win regular season games. And recently, within the last two years, he's tweaked one more thing to go, oh, this team's built to win regular season games and also built to beat down Ohio State. So while they might not win a playoff game, I'm comfortable saying even stay away from that over at all costs. Uh, We have Michigan State at six and a half. I'm super low on Michigan State this year, but I I still think they go to a bowl game. So a slight under here just because... If they beat Washington, you're going 3-0 and to start the season. I actually think getting Maryland early in the season at home helps. So you can go 4-0 and there. Yeah, and then after Maryland. you hit the road against Iowa, you got Rutgers. And then a relatively soft close to the schedule minus a road game against Ohio State. I I don't know, man. I, I, I think Mel Tucker is a great head coach. I just – this team doesn't inspire me. I don't think – I think if they're in the Pac-12, they'd go eight and four, but they're in a tough conference with a tough schedule, so they go six and six, but under on the six and a half. Going over six and a half, Michigan State ebbs and flows every few years or so. I think they come back, and so it's contingent though on them beating Washington and stealing one versus Michigan, Penn State, or Ohio State. 
Well, uh, I mean, it's only six and a half cold. Chill for a second. Yeah, <laughs> we don't need to beat Ohio State here. I take I take the over here. I I think that there's no way as much goes wrong for this team as it did last year. And like you said, Michigan State is such an ebb and flow program. The, we'll learn if that's what it's going to be like under Tucker, because that's what it was like under D'Antonio his entire tenure. And then Tucker, it was bad COVID year. New Year's Six year, they won a New Year's Six Bowl, actually, and then this terrible year, and so we'll see. We'll see if they, they do the ebbing, or is it the flowing? Probably flowing. <laughs> the flowing part? Okay. Um, well, the first year was an ebb, and then they flowed, and I an can't ebb. tell yeah, you exactly so what an ebb is. I just know that that's a phrase used. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same. Um, we'll see if Michigan State ebbs themselves. Uh, <laughs> we'll put Minnesota. Minnesota's next at 7.5. Okay, so Minnesota is good enough on paper to be over, and obviously P.J. Fleck is a good enough coach as well to take them to that mark. But the problem with Minnesota is just the way their schedule is aligned. They're facing a lot of teams that are going to be just a little bit better than they were last year, right? Wisconsin, uh, Michigan State, possibly Iowa, Nebraska, at North Carolina. That's going to be a really tough game early in the season. Really fun game. Minnesota will be good. I've got them going seven and a, seven and five, so not quite hitting the over there, but they could do it with a fluky win here, here or there. I'm going under. I think the sneaky, wow. sketchy start. I mean, even Eastern Michigan. I mean, that that's a team that beat ASU last year. Yep. And then the brutal finish with Purdue, Ohio State, and Wisconsin. Eh, under. I'm going against the grain, and I'm going to go over just out of respect to P.J. Fleck. Row the boat. Sure. They've been a model of consistency, so give me give me the over. Nebraska at five and a half, a generous five and a half. Very generous. They've given me no reason to think, they're regardless of what move they make, what happens, that they're going to actually exceed our expectations. Five and seven. I mean, there's a very real possibility they could lose five straight games to close the schedule. And then not to mention, you're at Minnesota and at Colorado, two very motivated teams in both of those games. So Nebraska could be 3-9 and nine again this year. There's no doubt about that. I think they'll go 5-7, and seven, but I don't think they're going to a bowl game. I'm going under. I think the loss at Colorado and even versus Iowa at home is going to keep them out of a bowl game. If you gave me four and a half at this team, I'd go under. If you gave me three and a half, I'd think about taking the under. Like I, am low on this team. Matt Rule is a combined Damn. four and twenty in his career in Nebraska, and I, I know, or not at Nebraska, but in college football. And I know people are gonna say, oh, but this is different, you know, the portal. Uh, but what has he done in the portal at Nebraska? What has any Jeff Sims? You think Jeff Sims is gonna turn? <laughs> no. What are we doing, boys? Nebraska under. Hammer the under. Northwestern at three and a half. After a one-win season, interesting. It's it's kind of sad to see how far this program has fallen, and I don't know. Pat Fitz is Northwestern football, Pat Fitzgerald. Yeah. But I think at some point you got to get some fresh blood in there, and once again, just a tough schedule. I think there's two easy wins on there against Howard and UTEP, and maybe if they get you say that, but they lost to Southern Illinois last year. Yeah, honestly, and, and Miami of it, Ohio. Exactly, and UTEP, they're better than they've been in recent years. So I think this is an easy under even – it's crazy to think even if they upset an Iowa, like I said, they're still 3-9, and nine, and you're really just having to grasp at straws to find other wins on that schedule and just really, really tough times in Chicago. I think Northwestern is just going to pull off some random stuff, <laughs> going to beat Rutgers and Duke, 
and UTEP and Howard to get you to four wins. Yeah. All right. Northwestern, they used I, – I can't even say used to be. They are because the last one happened within recent memory two years ago, three years ago in 2020. They're an ebb and flow program like Michigan State, but to the extreme where it will be like three years of straight poverty, 10-win season. Three years right. of straight poverty, 10-win season. This is the third year. They went 7-2 and two in 2020. They made it to the conference championship game. They go 3-9, and 1-11, and now this is the year where he's supposed to come through. He's won 9 or 10 games, what, five times since 2006. So do the math. Approximately, like, every third year he should be breaking out. Yeah. Uh, so they're back. But And that's why I think it's at 3.5 is because they kind of know that. I'm going to take the under still. Fun fact, they found on the Wikipedia page, um, they set the record uh, for st- consecutive losses with 34 from 79 to 82, and at one point they went 64 years without winning a bowl game. Oh, oh my lord. Their program is the definition of poverty. Well, you know what Pat Fitzgerald does, though, and the reason I think that is is because the way they have really tough recruiting restraints. They're very similar to Stanford and Virginia and Cal and these academic institutions. Nerds. What he does <laughs> is he gets guys and he develops them and he gets them to play together over four years. So in that fourth, yeah. third, fourth year, you're getting these guys, while they may not be the most talented, they've been playing together under the same system for three, four years. So I think so they're, it's... they're winning the national championship this year. Correct. Next year. I think next year, (laughs) we'll see. We'll see. Okay, Ohio State at 11. I'm going to go even here. I've got Ohio State obviously beating Michigan. I think they lose to Notre Dame on the road kind of early in the season, and we'll see how they respond to that. If if it doesn't go well, I think the wheels could fall off. I like that pick. But I'm going to go even. I'm going to go under 11. I can find you two losses between Notre Dame or Michigan or Penn State or even Talia. Yeah, I'm also going to go under, I I just don't like the way that Ryan Day's job feels right now. It feels uncomfortable, which is strange to say because they just went to the playoff. It just feels uncomfortable in that room. They play Notre Dame. They play at Wisconsin. They play Michigan. They play Penn State. And they play Penn State essentially off of a double bye. Yep. Penn State essentially has a double bye before they play the Buckeyes because uh, they play UMass and then have a bye or have a bye and play UMass. So, yeah. uh, we've got, and that's the next team, Penn State at 9.5. I'm going to go over. I think Penn State goes 10-2. and two. This feels like James Franklin's got this program winning 10 games consistently. They're in a real good spot, getting ready to break through. And Drew Aller it has the potential to be one of the better quarterbacks in college football. I don't think this is the year they go out and win the Big Ten. That might be next year, but they're going to be dang good, so I'm taking the over. I got over 9.5, 6-0 start guaranteed, and then I think they'll beat one of Michigan or Ohio State. I am drunk on Penn State. Give me the over. They have the schedule built to win the division. That disgusting Big Ten East division this year. They have the schedule. And Drew Aller, if he pans out, Nick Singleton, Katron Allen, James Franklin. Give me that whole squad. Let's look at Purdue, six and a half. As much as I like and appreciate Ryan Walters as a coach, great hire. I mean, considering where Purdue hired relative to other programs, being able to get Walters, incredible stuff. Uh, and they did okay in the transfer portal. They brought in some quarterbacks. They get Hudson Card from Texas. Yes, sir. That's a that's a really nice pickup there. But the problem is that freaking schedule. Fresno State at Virginia Tech, Syracuse, Wisconsin, Illinois at Iowa, Ohio State to start the season. Dang. There is no freebie in there anywhere. 
I think they lose to Fresno State to start the season. I think Fresno State might have two Power 5 wins this year. And they're playing the Sun Devils, too. I picked them to have two last year. And then at Virginia Tech, Virginia Tech, that's a road game. You best believe Virginia Tech's going to be up for that game. And then a pesky Syracuse team. I think they beat Syracuse, but I'm easily taking the under on Purdue. It's not that I don't like uh, Walters, and I don't. not that I don't like the roster. I just don't like the schedule. It's very unfavorable and could be a tough start for a first-year head coach. Under six and a half, just some brutal environments. Yeah. Can we for, can we acknowledge the schedule makers at Fresno State? Those guys are drunk every year. <laughs> they are just like we'll play everyone. We'll go to your stadium. We do not care. They, I, I swear, they play at least two Power Five teams. They do. They load it up year. every year. Awesome. Every college should do that. Purdue. I'm gonna take the over. I've noticed I took a lot of overs here, but I think this will be a bounce back. <laughs> wow. I, not the, I think I did the math. I I did like. It was like 9 or 5 or something like that. But I, I feel like the conference is bouncing back as a whole. Purdue impressed out of conference. They did have that loss, that tough loss to Syracuse on the road. They get them at home this year. I just think at Virginia Tech they should be able to take care of business, and they should be able to take care of business versus Fresno. I believe in this team enough to take the over. And then we got Rutgers at 4.5. There's just not a lot to like about Rutgers this year. It kind of feels like some of the – some of the uh, momentum they had in the early seasons of Greg Schiano was kind of worn off. He, yeah. I mean, they were terrible before Greg Schiano got there. They were 0-12, 1-11 bad. Worthy. They were Kansas bad, exactly. And he got them to at least be somewhat respectable. They went to a bowl game. I forget if it was last year or the year before, but I just kind of see them regressing a little bit this year. Their offense was bad last year, really bad. 11 points per game in the Big Ten last year. And they didn't really bring anyone in to fix it. They did get um, Minnesota's, I think it's their offensive coordinator. So that could help. But, again, a tough schedule. Rutgers is one of those teams, you look at other teams' schedules, that should be a win for a lot of other teams in this conference. So I'm going to take the under. I think they maybe win three games. I got over. I think with Northwestern, Temple, Wagner, Indiana – Okay, I think that's, that's true. four wins already right there. Wow. Get one more. You're at the over. Yeah, I'm going to say under. I just think it's really hard to win at Rutgers and Shiano showing us this. I had this this vague memory in the back of my mind of Rutgers being so close to breaking through, and it was 2020, first year of Greg Shiano. Uh, they won their opener at Michigan State in East Lansing. It was a huge deal. It was COVID, obviously, but they lose to Indiana Ohio State. They lost by a field goal to Illinois. They lost in triple overtime to Michigan. They almost took out Michigan. And then they beat Purdue, beat Maryland, uh, lose to Nebraska by a score. Like they ended up going three and six, but they could have easily been six and three. Like, could you imagine if Rutgers went six and three? Like, that would have been like the Indiana level of of things that happened. But last team in the Big Ten, we've got Wisconsin. They're giving us eight. Easy over. Wisconsin's going to be the favorite in the Big Ten West. We've been singing their praises all off season. I'm going to continue to do so. This program is trending up. They're, they were my pick to be the the TCU of this year, so I think Wisconsin's going to win 9, 10, maybe 11 games and Ooh. easily make the Big Ten championship game. This is the lock of the century. I mean, I think the worst they finish is 8-4. and four. They're going to start off 6-1. and one. Yeah. Yep, easy over. If this team clicks, they are winning the West, no doubt about it. Um, yeah, so that's it. Big Ten over-unders, we're done. That means all we have left is the Big 12 and the SEC which we will get to in the uh, following weeks. Um, 
so the SEC and the Big Ten in a year have some stuff to figure out, or two years. I guess they both have to figure it out in two years, in 2024, right? Um, and they've got to figure out who the fixed opponents will be for their programs. And a lot of the discussion is they're going to do a 3-6-6 model, which means they have three fixed opponents. When doing this, if you were the college football commissioner and you were making the fixed opponents or a Big Ten commissioner, you know, what would you have as the main criteria? Would it be geography? Would it be rivalries or would it be competitive balance? Rivalries, 100%. That's what makes college football. I think a lot of fans are a little bit upset with how the game is trending right now with, with you know, messing up geography, if you will, and pulling teams from different places. So the best way to combat that is make teams play their rivals because no matter what, no matter how bad a team season is, fans always get up for the rivalry game. Like Territorial Cup this year, right, ASU and U of A both awful. The fans are always up for that game. They th That stadium was filled up pretty nicely. So, you know, you look at the Texas and the Oklahoma, how cool would it be if they get to all play Missouri again and Arkansas, old Southwest Conference rivalries, Texas A&M. It's kind of like the Big 12 is kind of united in the SEC a little True. bit. That's kind of cool. But I absolutely think you have to do it based on rivalries. Yep, I have rivalries as well. College football is rooted in tradition. Rivalries sell tickets. They put butts in seats. And it, it's the heart of the football schedule. You you wrap you know the whole schedule based on when are you playing X opponent. Take Army and Navy, for example. Those guys could have one team on their schedule every single year, and that's each other. True. And that would be a complete schedule. So rivalries are, to me, the most important. Um, what would you say? I agree with you guys for the record. I, I would agree to keep as many rivalries intact as po possible. What would you do, though, if Auburn's AD came to you and said, uh, we don't want to play Bama, Georgia, and LSU every year? Tough. That's tough. <laughs> tough, bro. Soft. Get better. Who would who would you have uh, USC or UCLA's 3B in the Big Ten? I think you got to put... Obviously, that's tough. each other, right? So that's right. the first one. I almost want to say... In the current Big Ten? Yeah, the, yeah when yeah, they yeah. move. Yeah, who yeah. They okay, move? I almost want to say Penn State and USC just because they played in the Rose Bowl a bunch of times. Wow, that would be out there. But <laughs> geographically, that's a big problem. Geographically, that's... So, I mean, naturally, probably Nebraska, right? Because Nebraska is the westernmost Big Ten team Yep. for both the L.A. schools. Other than that, nothing stands out. But for some reason, I always think of Penn State and USC playing in the Rose Bowl. Wow. It's happened at least twice. And I remember yeah. watching both games. No matter what, it's going to be weird. It's going to be yeah. really bizarre. Maybe, maybe Wisconsin versus USC. Natural progression. Northwestern. Natural progression makes me say USC, like plays UCLA, Iowa, Nebraska. Like that just feels that's, weak. That's, that does feel weak. Yeah. Um, but let's get to uh, some coaching carousel news. Yeah. So Notre Dame. We talked about it last show. They were looking at Andy Ludwig as a potential replacement for offensive coordinator. They fly him out to South Bend. Marcus Freeman publicly goes to a basketball game with Andy Ludwig. They're seen. Notre Dame fans go, oh, he must be hired. But then Utah says, give us $3 million. Notre Dame says, no, thank you. And they just promote Gerard Parker from within. Well, what do you think about this? It's weak. You're Notre Dame. Go get who you want. You've got resources. You've got everything you could possibly need to pluck a coach from anywhere. And Josh Pate said it said it best. I don't know if you guys got this quote. It's a proud program making poverty moves. Yes. Damn. That's exactly what it is. Uh, Marcus Freeman was looking out for his boy Jack Swarbrick, the AD. He said, uh, Swarbrick offered to pay whatever buyout there's been. So, Really? 
Regardless, he's sticking yeah. up for his boy. Interesting. All right, Colt. We're going to have you cook up some uh, something for us. Yeah, we got uh, something. In your corner, we got some lock of chaos. We actually got some college football. So oh. FanDuel dropped their opening college football betting lines for some marquee games for this season. So I have three of them. Week one, Colorado is getting 17.5 at TCU. TCU is favored by 17.5. Okay. I'm going to hammer Colorado. Okay, there's a lot of hype. Absolutely. TCU's regressing a little bit, and Colorado's on the come up. Yeah, Dion can keep this thing close. Uh, week two. Texas at Bama. Bama's favored by eight. But hook them horns, baby. Yep. Plus eight. Yep. yep. Week four, okay? Notre Dame is receiving eight and a half points when they're hosting Ohio State. Oh. I think that's a lock. Hammer. Yeah. So if you combine all those three things, you'll probably get some money out of that. Uh, March Madness, though, has futures bet that you can bet right now, which I think you should do. Because 100% of national champions since 2002 have been both a Ken Palm, it's like the statistic website yeah. or whatever, a top 40 offense and top 22 defense. Okay, and there's only six teams that fit that mold right now. Okay, so if you're going to put your money on a team right now for March Madness, put it on Kansas, Houston, Alabama, UCLA, Creighton, or UConn. Or just all of them. Yeah, I mean, you put a, on each team. you're guaranteed to win money based on history since 2002. That's over 20 years of history. 2002 doesn't feel too secure. I don't know. But I have a quote, though. Okay. The secret of happiness comes from not in doing what you like, but in liking what you do. You know what I'd like you to do, Colt? <laughs> put on those headphones. <laughs> <laughs> Let's play some peaceful... I always got to get the Drake line in there. Why is it not? Oh. Some peaceful... Hawaiian hula music. Okay, we're done with that. Um, let's do two more Hawaii trivia questions. Uh, first question. Okay. Uh, how many times has Hawaii had a game end in a tie in school history? Is it A, 17 times, B, 25 times, C, 4 times, or D, 31 times? I got it. Wow. Cole's got his already. Me too. All right. 3, 2, 1. 17. Four. Colt says 17, Hayden says 4. It was 25. Dang, man, you guys. Wow, swinging a miss. They are they are pretty. Uh, this one I feel like both of you guys could get. So no spelling game today, but we've got a little mini spelling game within. Spell Corey Bethley's first name. I need you both to, like, I don't know, write it down. Yep. Um, and uh, then we can, we can do the, the spelling. Spell Corey Bethley, former Hawaii DB, current <laughs> ASU DB. Hold on, I've got uh, a pen in here somewhere. Have, no, I don't. More Just the one. Oh, Colt, you need a pen? The show uh, behind us probably thinks we're packing up early. <laughs> Spell Corey Bethley's first name. While they're writing that down, a preview of the Pac-12 newsletter, we're going to talk about teams that we want in the Pac-12 yeah, and, and teams that we don't want. We'll probably rapid-fire those. Uh, Colt's writing down Corey's name. Hayden, have you written down already? I have. Okay, are you guys ready? Yep. Okay, Colt, read us your spelling. <laughs> I don't want to mess this up. K-H-O-R-E-Y. Okay, and Hayden? K-H-O-U-R-Y. And Hayden is correct. We are tied at two. Colt was off by quite a bit. <laughs> Um, before we have, what, what are you I just like? don't know how to spell. <laughs> <laughs> we've learned that firsthand. Okay, so uh, we've got nine minutes left in the show. I do have a finale question. Okay. It's going to be a big one for Hawaii trivia. 
Um, could end in a tie because it's just a multiple choice question. Uh, it could be really easy too. But uh, let's talk about Pac-12 expansion because it's been dominating the headlines recently. Um, and we're going to play I Want Them or I Don't Want Them. Very creative title, yes. Um, expansion edition uh, with these teams. We'll start with San Diego State. Yes, I want them. Good academics, good facilities, one of the top teams in a solid market, and it keeps the SoCal connection. Bang. No, you don't need San Diego, okay? <laughs> the Chargers left. The Clippers aren't there. Everyone's getting out of there. You don't need San Diego. <laughs> I, I say yes. Good college basketball, good football, good location. Get SoCal hammered down. Colts on crack. Uh, Boise State. <laughs> yes, because you're going to have some fun Pacific Northwest rivalries. Good fan base out there. And it's another team for the Pac-12 to send ASU to in November. So I think it makes a lot of sense naturally. And, um, yeah, I think that think that'd be a good fit for the conference. Yeah, Boise State is not the same as they once were with Chris Peterson. You don't need that Idaho market. The only thing you need is blue turf. If that's what you want, then just spray paint Hawaii, Hawaii's field blue. I, I think I can tell where Colts I think is so. going. <laughs> uh, I would say I want them, but they have to make the turf green. They have to make it normal. Yeah. Uh, Next up, we have SMU, another team that's had their hat in the ring. Yes, only be uh, only because they're in the Dallas market. That's the only reason. How many teams are we accepting in this? It doesn't. I don't even think you'd factor it in. Just would would you take? Okay, it? I would take SMU. I think getting Dallas in there is very important. Yeah, having a team in Texas would be fun, and I think really awesome if there's kids in Texas that want to play in the Pac-12. Yeah. They just go to SMU. That's good. Uh, San Jose State. Nah, you already have Stanford and Cal up there. The athletics, good, not great. Good academics, but a really small fan base. Not Hell a good fit. No. Yeah, trash. No, Hell no. don't want them. Uh, Hawaii. All right. I'm going to say no, but here's, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Okay. I think if they got into the Pac-12, it would drastically improve everything. Because you're giving kids in Hawaii a reason to stay in Hawaii to play Power 5 football, but they don't have a football field, Colt. That's a big problem. Um, if, SMU if they doesn't can have build... a baseball field. They tweeted about it today. Okay, that's true. If they build the new Aloha Stadium, I might might be convinced to say yes. Um, but right now I'm going to say no, but I'm willing to have my mind changed. Do you like vacations? Love vacations. How about a vacation every single weekend <laughs> if you're the commissioner of the Pac-12? Just go to a Pac-12 game in Hawaii every week. But that's a disadvantage for ASU because they'll treat it like a vacation and Hawaii is just going to beat oh, everybody. Oh, becomes the best team in the, in the world? Yeah, we'll okay. take it. I, I have a few stipulations if Hawaii wants to join the Pac-12. Oh, First boy. thing, okay, they have to make a second Hawaii team. We need Hawaii Tech or Hawaii State, okay? If you can't get us a Hawaii Tech or Hawaii State, then you can build the new Aloha Stadium, but you have to build it on the mainland. We're not flying 4,000 miles to Hawaii every every week. Can you make like a man-made island See, that yeah. halfway? Yeah, we need that. That <laughs> makes sense, Hawaii. though, for Hawaii. Like the culture. We're one Ohana, one team. There's no way we could okay, have well, like a divide. You can be one Ohana, one team. <laughs> Hawaii Hilo would like, to, would like to have a word with that. All right, we've got a few more pretty stupid ones. Idaho. Okay. The Vulcans. We, we, we've got Idaho. Um, no, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Cool. At all. 
you know, they do have that one kibble dome or whatever. The kibble dome. Yeah, yeah, you know, I do like the kibble dome. I don't like Idaho. I say there's some potential here. What? But just because Stop I think it. they've they've had some time to rebound in the Stop. FCS, having an Idaho team would be kind of fun. I don't know. More I'd... fun than Hawaii? Yeah, because <laughs> they're on the mainland. If Hawaii was in Idaho's place, geographically, I would take Hawaii. Have you Anyways. been to Idaho? Yeah, I've been to Idaho. It's very nice. Lots You've been of, to Hawaii. Lots of Which place did you like better? Uh, it's a it's a tough one actually. A tough one. It was Hawaii probably. Okay, uh, Notre Dame. Absolutely, blue blood program gives people uh, on the East Coast a reason to watch the Pac-12. No brainer. Yeah. Yep. I mean. Okay. Uh, and then UNLV. Maybe it's just the football is so bad, but they're, so they're playing <laughs> they're playing in a pro stadium and their basketball and baseball is really good. So there's that. I'm going to say yes, but they got to get the football up to speed. I'm going to say yes, but I think this is where the, the Ninth Island merger comes in. Okay, no time for music, guys. It's the Hawaii trivia finale. This is a big deal. Let's let Michael Scott take us to our outro first, and then we'll do that. Imagine the Hawaii and UNLV combined. Nuts. All I can do right now is put on a brave face <laughs> and go out there and be their leader. It's cool. over. We are screwed. All right, guys, here it is, the finale question. Who is the all-time leader in career passing yards in Hawaii football history? Is it Bryant Moniz, Colt Brennan, Timmy Chang, or Cole McDonald? Got it. Got it. Okay, three, two, one. Brennan. Timmy Chang. And Colt has done it! Let's the victory! Woo! The comeback of the century. That's a tricky question. Colt, it is. Colt, you have 11 seconds here to just thank your family members. You plug who you want to plug. Uh, thank you, family members, and thank you, Pacific POV. Good luck to the next show after us. All right. Fantastic. Uh, if that's all we've got, any parting thoughts? No. Sad I lost. <laughs> all right. Well, sounds good. I'm Tyler Budd. I'm Hayden Weber. And I'm Colt Almodova. And with that, we wave goodbye. Going to come back to the near side. Pick six. Let's see that come on.